Abby. And I'm Caitlin. And today we have a very special guest on the show, author Aurora Asher. And we're so excited. So excited to have her on today. She'll be joining us here in a few minutes. So she has a new book coming out on January 9th. And it is called Sanctuary of the Shadow. And we already read it. We got a pre-lease copy because we're really super special. Yeah. Sorry you guys can't be like as cool and special and chosen as us. But, you know, if it everyone... was incredible. It was so incredible. And you should be jealous that you haven't been able to read it yet. And I hope you're so jealous that you're like pre-ordering right now. It's actually available for pre-order. And you should do that. So. And it comes with uh, the pre-order version, at least, comes with like the spray painted edges. Mm. Um, it's got little suns spray painted on not spray painted you know like whatever they like the sprayed edges yeah sprayed edges yes kind of like the first edition of fourth wing because it's it's which i was by red tower not lucky enough to obtain but you can be very lucky and get this one instead so that being said aurora does have a website it's auroraasher.com where you can find all of this information and um all the info about the books she's published But straight from the website itself, I'm going to read to you just a little bio to introduce her. Paranormal and fantasy romance author Aurora Asher loves misunderstood mythical monsters, redeemable anti-heroes, and epic heavily ever afters. Don't we all? A woman of many creative pursuits, Aurora is also a professional musician and visual artist. She currently resides in Montreal with her trusty espresso machine and her endlessly patient husband, whom she sometimes doesn't see for hours until she emerges from her writing cave like a bear in springtime. That's so valid. I will I say, don't even have like a reason to emerge from my cave. Like I'm not even doing anything productive. <laughs> yeah. No, like she's she's getting stuff done and, and we just done. we hibernate for no reason. Her previous works before Sanctuary of the Shadow include the Hellbent series, and those are paranormal romance novels. So, Which we have not gotten to read yet, but we are super excited to. Yeah. I can't wait. There's um, a few of those out already. Yes. So seven. Yeah, read. seven books out already. So before we jump in here, we do want to just give a little preview to what Sanctuary of the Shadow is. So we'll read the little, it's not synopsis, the summary Yes, that's what it's called. That's the word. That's it. Book one of the Elemental Emergence series. Enter at your own risk and discover the greatest show on Earth in this explosive, darkly imaginative debut fantasy. For humans, the circus is a place filled with wonder and amazement. For Harrow, though, it's a place to hide from those who slaughtered her entire clan. Disguising her abilities as part of her act has kept her true identity safe for years. Until he arrives. A strange new attraction with no name, no memory of who or even what he is, let alone an explanation for his odd yet deadly powers. But beneath the layers of anger and isolation, one glimpse into his inky eyes reveals a soul that calls out to the loneliness in her own, and so she chooses him. Harrow is drawn to the darkness, to her insatiable need to soothe the beast who threatens their very existence. But with every secret she unlocks from his past, another from hers whispers free as well luring enemies who will stop at nothing to get their final revenge on Harrow. And she's afraid she's given them the perfect weapon against her because he's not what he seems. But maybe it's time they finally learn. Neither is she. It's so good. Okay. Wow. And that, you know, is the intro to the book. So that being said, joining us now is Aurora Asher. 
Aurora, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> we always kind of start off a little bit, you know, just telling us about yourself. Um, we'll we'll cover a little bit earlier too, but um, yeah, any anything you want the listeners to know about you? Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> everything I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm obviously a fancy paranormal author. Um, I've been I don't know writing for about like seven years or something. Um, and I'm also a musician. That was always my childhood dream was to be a concert pianist. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, cool. Kind of, um, Isn't that yeah, funny how life yeah. takes you a different direction sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty sad on that as a kid. And then I got older. I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point in time did you decide to become an author? Um, yeah. So after I moved to Montreal, which is where I live now, I, this story is so funny. I had this really shitty job um, when we first moved here, just, you know, pay the rent, whatever, new city. And basically I worked at this juice bar <clears throat> and I don't know why they kept this business open. Like they never, there was like, I think I made like three drinks a day, like in like an eight hour shift. It was like so dead. So I was just so bored. And like when I was a kid, I had been a really voracious reader. Um, and then I hadn't read a book, like any book in like 15 years or something like that, like for my whole teens and early twenties. Yeah. And then I was just super bored and I was, and I was like, well, I'm just going to read something. And I don't even know how I stumbled on, but the first paranormal romance I ever read was like J.R. Ward's, um, Love Black Dagger Brotherhood. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what is this? Like my mind exploded. Um, and I was totally obsessed. So that kicked off, like, it must've been like three years of like heavy, like reading. Like I That's was obsessed. A... I read everything romance. That's a big one to jump into too. That's like a super long series yeah yeah and I just like and I had so much time and I just read at, like all the time and like I read on the on the train to and from work I read like at home when I got home like so then after that it was like kind of natural I guess for me that I started getting ideas and I wanted to write my own stuff and yeah. that's how we are here today <laughs> I feel like everybody has like gone through like some weird book slump between the ages mm -hmm. of like 18 to like mid late 20s and I was and just gonna like say that's so like such a common story everyone gets kind of burnt out for a while and then they just yeah. discover reading and are obsessed again and I think there's a lot like especially for romance readers like like they're you're kind of told what you're supposed to like you know like this is you know this is the smart book that everyone's you know and then you're like oh I guess I don't like reading because this book's boring yeah, you know, and then it's like, no, you're just not reading like the right stuff. Because when you find the right thing that really is what you want to read, it's like, oh my god, I'm obsessed. So exactly, that's Definitely. so true. I would yeah, say like, there's a lot of like, yeah, some attitudes in the reading world that are kind of like, ooh, that's you know, that's not very high quality reading. But I, yeah. I really question those people's. Um, own like security in themselves because that's just totally such a weird judgment to pass on people it's kind of like the patriarchy thing like you know yeah. it's like oh if girls like it it's not good or whatever <laughs> exactly and, like, you know <laughs> and that's, i don't know how like your education went but like like you know we were forced to read like so many like 
advanced placement books or like certain genres were only what we're allowed to read like in high school and college. And so I think that was an easy way to get burnt out as well, just because some of that literature is just not intriguing at all. (laughs) Um, And so I think that caused a lot of people to give up. Yeah, they pick like, you know, the old, they're like, oh, this is, you know, the, the height of writing. And it's just like some old white dude from like, it's, yeah, freaking John like, Steinbeck. I have beef with yeah. John Steinbeck books. I don't understand it. <laughs> um, uh, so what was, you know, kind of your path to publication? Yeah, so I was writing for a while before I felt like for at first writing was just like such a personal thing. Like, like I had this kind of idea set up for me that what I was going to do with my life, I was going to be a musician and I was doing all this stuff. And then I started writing and it was like, this is just for me. Like I wouldn't let like, first of all, I wouldn't even let my like husband know that I was writing and he was like, what are you even doing? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> and then I finally told him that I was writing and he was like, Oh, cool. Like maybe I could like read it. And I was like, no, <laughs> like, <never>. absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was a few years before it stopped being this like intensely personal thing. And I actually was like, actually I wrote like a few books, like, you know, and then, so he was really like, Oh my God, you need to again, like not, I was like, not ready for it. I didn't want to. And it just took, I don't know. It was just a certain point that I was like, okay, I've written like, five or six books now like this is a thing like it's not I'm not just like imagining this and then I felt like I was finally kind of ready and that was really in 2020 actually when the pandemic started it was like I had to kind of reassess everything like everyone did we were all like oh, you know yeah. you suddenly go over your life choices and you're like wait like is this what I want to do or I have to do something new and so that was when I started getting into like publishing and like building my like author brand and like yeah. doing this as a career that'd That's be so, so scary cool. making yourself you know really vulnerable like that to you know publish your first book that's basically like your baby and you're giving it to somebody to judge and yeah yeah it was a scary yeah. process and I can relate to even being like scared to share it with your husband like that's you know, know. you just you get so worried that that it's not going to be received the way that you want it to but I think what you did is like so cool and so brave. And I mean, I will say that I've only read Sanctuary of the Shadow. I haven't read your other books, but I am so excited to read them now because I really enjoyed this one. Thank you. So that being said, with all of your path to publication and everything, what are some challenges that new authors may face? Hmm, That's a good one. Well, when I first started like I would say the two things for me, like when I first started, I was researching the difference between trad, traditional publishing and indie. And at first I was like, I want to be a trad author because I just liked the idea of having a team and like having an editor and, you know, working with people. But I started querying and like, that's like when you, you have to basically write like a pitch for your book and then you just cold call email people who have never heard of you and like don't care about you don't really care about your writing and they're super busy and it can take them like six months to reply to your email so I did that for a while and I was just like you know what like this is a I don't I don't like doing this like it's makes makes me feel bad like it's just a lot of work and the the time difference like by the time I would hear back I'd be writing a whole new book so it was like 
Yeah. So I was like, you know, whatever. And the last query I ever sent was to Red Tower. Well, they didn't exist at the time, but Entangled. Um, and I was like, that's that's it. I'm done. And then <laughs> I decided to indie publish. And um, I started working on that. And then they got back to me and was like, oh, and I was like, oh, my God. Okay. But basically, <laughs> cool. it was Yeah. So it's like choosing between trad and indie is a challenge. And both of them like indie, the challenge is like, you have to do everything yourself. Like you're, you have to learn, like I did so many courses, like online courses, like studying like business and like entrepreneurship and like stuff that I was like, I'm just a writer. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wasn't prepared but, for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I learned a lot of really cool stuff doing that, but that's definitely like a hurdle. And then with trad, you have to be really like thick skinned, like you have to be really to face like rejection and not take it personally and not get like bogged down. And then I think the other biggest challenge is like, I love the online community, like bookstagram, book talk, whatever. Like, I think it's so cool that like we were talking about how like specifically women, specifically romance books, there's not like, they're kind of like brushed aside by like, you know, bookstores don't even carry the books or like, so we've kind of created this community where it's like about us and we're actually talking about what we like to read and no one else can tell us it's not valid. So I love that. But on the flip side, there's this element of like, and maybe it's all in your head, but like a lot of people tend to like compare and like, me like, how do I measure up? And like, you know, like my Instagram page isn't pretty enough or like, I, you know, like feeling like, oh, there's not as many people as reading my books as this other author. And like, there's like this kind of, it's kind of like a high school yeah. click or yeah. something sometimes. Well, yeah. and I feel like I there's it, just so many like books that people like I feel like there's a certain course at a series that people kind of read to get back into reading and mm -hmm. so they do compare a lot of new books or independent books to those and it's it's going to be mm -hmm. different every time it's not going to be the same you know cut and paste type story and so I feel like that would be yeah, really difficult to like have those people who are basing everything off of those yeah I, I can think of like, yeah, you know, there are just so many, um, like, we'll, we'll call them mainstream for lack of a better word, but mainstream like romanticy series that really kind of took over the past few years. And so I can imagine that it probably gets old for authors who have books that aren't quite as well known for them to be like compared head to head. I feel like that yeah. would be kind of... Um, disheartening at times yeah. or I mean maybe sometimes it feels good if if the feedback is like overwhelmingly yes yeah, it depends how it comes in you know like, <laughs> yeah. if they're saying it's as good as this you're like oh yeah <laughs> okay <true>. yeah <laughs> oh gosh I can't even imagine though like for you personally do you tend to try to avoid reading reviews or comments yeah definitely my my <laughs> policy is like preserve my mental state at all costs so mm -hmm. like I just like I avoid Goodreads. Like, don't go Goodreads. It's yeah. it's scary over there. Like, and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just try to like, I just try to stay away from things that yeah make me feel bad or question myself or whatever. Because like, it's just like, what's the point? Like, you yeah. know, it's like, I know people like my writing. I know it's good. Like, you know, you you have to believe in yourself. And there's no point in like subjecting yourself to things that make you feel bad <laughs> exactly that's so fair we, we do a, a bit <laughs> on here it's called goodreads bad reviews and so we go on goodreads and we read like the one star reviews that people leave 
on like series or books that we read and people can just be so hateful for no reason. <laughs> and I swear to you, whenever they're leaving those one-star reviews, it's like, did you even read the book? Like, I swear they like, didn't even read didn't it. Like they're just at, like 20%. <laughs> it's like, oh, so you did it actually. Yeah. And Sometimes I just try to tell life. myself like, there's something else going on in yeah. their life and like they read this at a certain time that it triggered them feeling yeah. terrible and it's nothing to do with me and like you know or maybe just like what I write isn't for them and they just ended up reading it for whatever reason or like you know yeah. like something like, like sure. I just try to be like it's not it's not personal like it's exactly it's, you know, yeah. yeah, because everything never... <laughs> is going to, I mean, not everyone is going to like every book that exists. There's no way that that could ever happen. Yeah. <laughs> just like me and the Grapes of Wrath. Like, <laughs> it's just not, it's not for me. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Steinbeck. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I would give that a detailed one star. <laughs> <laughs> me There's too. A, a lot of the classic literature I don't think I would ever recommend to anyone on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Um, are there any authors or works that you, you know, kind of take inspiration from when you are writing? I wouldn't say so much as like, take inspiration as much as like, when I read it, I'm just like, this is so good that like, it like blows my mind. And then I feel like it makes me a better writer kind of, you yeah. know, if that makes sense. But sure. like, one of my like favorite authors of all time is Cressley Cole. I don't know if you've read her Immortals After Dark series. That was- I haven't one of my like original paranormal romance like loves I just every time I read one of her books I'm just like my mind just expands because she has this insanely masterful way of like dropping a thread like and then just picking it up like five books later and turning it into like an insane oh my gosh and like there's all these interwoven timelines and I'm always just like how like I I really love her books yeah Yeah, it's like you forget about a character and then you come back to and you're like oh gosh like you're here again (laughs) Yeah, and you're like, who is this character again? And it's, like, mentioned five books ago, like, you know, and it's, like, the curse of so-and-so, and and you're like, oh, yeah. (laughs) I love that. Well, we'll add that to the list of uh, books we need to read. It's ever-growing. It's infinite. There's so many, and that's kind of the beauty of this podcast is that there's just never, we're never going to run out of books. So true. So being, you know, a paranormal and fantasy romance author, is that your favorite genre to read then? Yeah, actually, that's a funny question, because up until about a year ago, I would have sworn that I would only read, like, paranormal or fantasy. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like two years ago, I said that. And then I was like, I started reading sci fi romance. Okay. And then I was like, okay, I'll read sci fi romance, but it has to be like something that's not real. And then this year, I just I don't know why, but I started reading like contemporary <laughs> and like and now I read a lot of contemporary so I feel like like I was just being dumb like limiting myself and I like <laughs> I pretty much will read anything as long as it's romance yeah uh, that's well, the majority of what we read <laughs> it's so crazy too like going back and forth between the genres um and we talk about this a lot like sometimes we will be dead set on like fantasy books and that's all we'll read for months and then we'll switch to a contemporary romance and be like holy cow like who are these people like what are we doing here um and it's it's really fun to go back and forth between the two though it's it's almost like taking a little refresher and then you get to start in all over again yeah Sometimes it kind of gives your mind a break to not have to think about the more complex worlds that are in, you know, in the fantasy and paranormal sci-fi genre. Sometimes my brain is a little like too low on energy to like 
keep up with those yeah. worlds that aren't real. Um, so that's kind of when I, I switch it up usually. Yeah. And I tend like, as a writer, I tend to try to avoid things that directly remind me of what I'm writing at the, especially at the time. Cause I don't like, I don't want to feel like I'm like, Oh, I read this in this book right when I was writing it. Like, I don't want to feel like anything influenced me. So sure. like, yeah. So I'll, I'll, if I'm writing fantasy, I'll be reading like something that's totally the opposite of that in every way. Just, it's like a palate cleanser kind of. Yeah. yeah. That's so smart. So do you feel like you will ever like be interested in writing different genres? Do you think you'll ever take a turn like away from like that type of genre? I feel like I have a very, like, this is very loose, but like lately I've been feeling like I kind of wanted to write something like dystopian. Ooh, okay. So like maybe like, you know, I just had like, it was just vibes, like Mm -hmm. just vibes, but I was like, I could do that. Like, so well, I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) Try to write at least eight different types of books. (laughs) So we have we have like plots for a bajillion books at this point, and we're like, we should write that, and then we just don't. But maybe we will. Maybe you'll inspire. And it's all based on vibes too. We're just exactly that'd be cool. That'd be cool. (laughs) Well, that's Um, awesome. No, I think it'd be. I think it's cool whenever authors are able to do a little bit of everything, and mm -hmm. um, it's always like a nice surprise too when someone comes out with something that you've been so dedicated to a certain genre and then they have you know something else and maybe the total opposite and it's just as good Um, and I think that's just a true testament to writing abilities yeah I feel like if the story is there like if the inspiration's there go for it absolutely (laughs) um and then last with this little you know portion of our interview this is just a little fun question um do you have a book boyfriend who is it and why like are you oh, that's everywhere <laughs> right now just book boyfriends galore book boyfriends from my books or just anyone any it could be any hmm. <laughs> that's a good one I guess who I'm thinking of like my favorite rereads like um like speaking of Cressley Cole um I go back and reread her one book demon from the dark it's called i read that one like once a year (laughs) that's one of my favorite books um and if we're going way back and we're talking about the black digger brotherhood i love zetas everyone loves zetas yes but um yeah current ones trying to think i feel like there's so many now to like have to choose from i don't know if i have anyone like currently at the moment I've been on I've, I've been on my like rom-com dating thing right <laughs> uh-huh. now so like I love them but I don't tend to like deeply like obsess I'm not connected yeah. with it yeah I yeah, need them like, to be like you know have something that sets them apart a little bit yeah yeah they can't totally. be too much like a real man you know then it's not as fun yeah yeah <laughs> Do yeah. you feel like uh, book boyfriends like set expectations for like real life men? I feel like that's something that I see a lot on TikTok, like especially like <laughs> women, like comparing like these male characters to like who they're trying to meet like in real life. Like if anything, I just look back and like on like me in like high school and I'm like, <laughs> if anything, that would have helped me so much because like <laughs> the kind of guys that I went out with, I would like it's like I look back and I'm like 
girl. Like, <laughs> you know, like if only I'd had a romance book, because then I could have just been like, just it, channel it in the book, you know, like don't waste time with these yeah. reasons. So like, yeah, this if, person would have been a ex- villain. <laughs> yeah, if it sets expectations, I feel like they're a good thing. And obviously, we don't want him to capture us or, you know, kidnap <laughs> us or stalk us or whatever the hell we're reading. Like, that's just the fantasy. It's like, like, no one would ever say that. It's like, oh, you watch Game of Thrones, you want to get stabbed with a sword, or like, it's like, yeah, that's you know, so why true. does that apply to women? Like, it's like, that's such a bullshit, like, yeah, like, excuse or whatever. So, yeah, but I feel like if anything, it would make your standards higher because you would read a book about like a guy who knows how to like give a woman an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Shocker. wow, that that can happen. Oh my god, that's, real. that's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I think it's good for women. Yeah, and like <laughs> so much media, like all media is like male gaze centered. Like all movies, mm-hmm. even movies that are like made yes. for women, are still made by men with what they think women like. Woman but like yeah. romance books are like by women for women. Like if men want to join in, they can, but they're really not part. Like of it's the not for you. Yeah. yeah and like if you don't like it bye like we don't care exactly so I love that it's such a safe space to like explore things and like discuss things with your friends or like whatever yeah. it really is and like since we've gotten back into reading I feel like both of us especially we've really delved into a lot of stuff we maybe would not have ever read before and like you really do like find things that you like and you you know get different mindsets about things and so it is such a cool environment to be a part of just because um it does change you as a person for the better totally yeah I agree. and like you unpack stuff too like you're like this feels weird to me like whatever and then you can read a book about it and then you're like okay i get it now. <laughs> like now i understand yeah yeah <laughs> I, we definitely kind of um, delved into the world of monster romance like this past October. Yeah. <laughs> so we yeah. we learned a lot. And we learned yeah, about... I did I that mean, we learned about we really some like monster that, romance. Yeah, there are some yeah. things we love. And then there were some things that we were like, hmm, maybe that's not exactly what I was looking for. But I mean, it's important yeah, like- to me to like try it, to give it a try. Like developing your preferences, like I like scales, but not fur. Like yeah, so yes, exactly. It's like I have standards for my monster romances. (laughs) (laughs) What we just read a a, one about Krampus, and Tabby was like, "To me, he doesn't have fur covering his body. Like Like, I'm just gonna picture him without." That didn't (laughs) happen. (laughs) But he does have horns. <laughs> the horns I'm good with, claws, tails, wings. Yeah, like, that's totally that, but fine. like the fur is like that's the like where I draw the <laughs> line. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's just a little too much for me. But so anything funny. else is on the table. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I love all of this, you know, self-discovery that we've been able to do through reading. Um, but speaking of your your writing, um, you have a book coming out January 9th, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it is called Sanctuary of the Shadow. And so without giving anything away to the people who haven't read it yet, how would you best describe your book? Yeah, so it's a fantasy romance, as we've been discussing. Um, it's spicy. So, you know, if you're new to the genre, watch out for that. <laughs> Um, and it's about uh, a fortune teller who works in a circus and she's like hiding her her kind of true nature, her powers, her abilities. And she's also 
lost her family to terrible tragic incident and there's uh, then a mysterious man arrives or a creature he's got um and he's he's has no memories of his past but he has this feeling that he's done something really terrible and he's living with some kind of misplaced guilt and he's not quite sure you know what that is and when they meet they have this instant connection and um yeah then they're exploring that and trying to escape and <laughs> adventures abound we loved it when you're we got sent the email about like kind of the general summary of the book I was so excited <laughs> I love anything circus related I thought that was just the best thing on earth and it really delivered I thought it was incredible awesome thank you yes yeah the vibes were exactly what we wanted um 10 out of 10 <laughs> sweet <laughs> that's good um, to hear I'm glad with again like we don't want to spoil anything obviously because it's not out yet but was there a scene in your book that was just your favorite to like either write about or just your favorite like from a reading perspective probably um like i know we'll get this but you guys obviously but the, <laughs> the scene where harrow brings him cookies that was fine i, I have that, that written scene. down that, that one is so scene. good that one is so yeah. good um, I texted Caitlin about it. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it's very and it was funny because when I when I queried that book, like um I had just added that scene like after my last round of edits. And my editor, when she got back to me and said she wanted to do the book, she was like, This scene like decided me. Like this is what like when I read this, I my I absolute to favorite. I was kicking my feet reading it. It was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I might, maybe I'm just a little bit more toxic, but me personally, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite part is when Malaika meets Oro for the first time out, you know, I out and about yeah. his character. Uh, I'm obsessed with him. I hope we get more of him in the future. <laughs> him. Yeah. He was fun to write. Shifty guy. Yes. You know, he popped up on her. I was like, well, I didn't know I was into that but here we are <laughs> speaking of what we were just saying yeah scales. love the scales yeah <laughs> and he's not covered in fur amazing no no fur <laughs> um so which of your characters in this book do you identify the most with um that would probably be hero i think because i really like strong female characters but that are like still relatable so like I'm not a swords woman or like an assassin <laughs> yeah. or, you know, but I also like to think of myself as like a strong person. So yeah, like when I, I, I love reading this and I love writing it as like women characters that are like mentally strong and they're like, they have strong values. They're, they're, you know, they believe in themselves. They're confident. And like, that doesn't necessarily mean they have to be like super badass. Yeah. yeah you know it's like it's like a state of mind so yeah I really like that about Harrow's character is she's actually like not gonna be like chopping heads off anyone but yeah you know, she's more of a compassionate like empathetic person yeah but she's also like really yeah like I, I I almost felt like I like aspired to be like like her like she really trusts in her like instincts and she's really like yes yeah strong like grounded person for she really sure. took what she wanted. Like, yeah, like you said, she, you know, didn't really second guess herself um, about her decisions or anything like that. She stood by mm -hmm. what she believed. I thought that was really awesome. Yeah. Definitely refreshing main female character. 
And yeah, what's yeah. interesting, I don't know if you did this like intentionally or if it was more like subconscious, but I mean, you mentioned like, yeah, she's not going to be chopping anyone's heads off, but she is still um, powerful in the sense that like, she's not defenseless. I know there's a scene at one mm-hmm. point where um, Lauren is kind of like, you need to get away from him. Like, you know, he's not human. And she's like, well, neither am I. And she does like this little show of power that kind of scares him so she's definitely Mm. not defenseless and I love that about her yeah I love that her power is like like it gives her the confidence but it's still like understated so like it's not like a flashy thing like it's like you don't know until you piss her off like right Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's something that you see a lot in romantic books you have like a main female character who's just you know the strongest there is on earth very cocky very like full of themselves very like you said kind of like has that badass mentality which is really fun to read um but it is also really really nice when you have a, a main character who you can relate to a little more who's mm-hmm. uh more real life than others yeah because I certainly would not be you know like ever picturing myself in in those types of um roles where they're more badass they can kill people with knives and stuff like I'm never like oh yeah that could be me so it is (laughs) nice it's nice (laughs) to be able to relate a little bit more like you're saying totally yeah yeah and it's like I like I heard someone say this on online somewhere I can't even remember where I read it but it was like they were like strong women are not strong because they act like men and I was like I love that because it's like you can have strong women that are like mothers with like traditional yeah you know fam- like a traditional role or like a grandmother and like those can be really strong women just because like that doesn't mean they have to be like yeah. physically strong yeah that's an interesting take and I wonder how much like again uh, not that it's done intentionally but whenever even women authors are writing their strong female main characters as more like violent um those types of characters i wonder how much of that is influenced by just what they consider to be a show of strength and how much that's affected by the patriarchy they feel like they have to like compensate (laughs) for like other like male characters by like making their female characters like a certain way yeah totally like I have to prove that she's strong by giving her these abilities yeah. on the flip side it is nice to read about a woman who can like kick ass every Absolutely. Sure. yeah oh yeah <laughs> I still love yeah. them they have a place for sure yeah but I agree yeah. but but I just like to question nice that. To yeah. both. yes we need we need both we need everything on the spectrum totally um so if you can speak to this and if you don't want to reveal this quite yet that's totally fine too um but Obviously, you know, with the ending of this book, we kind of got a little bit with like Malaika with Oro and um, a cliffhanger almost to what they're doing. Um, do you think like they're, they are going to be like a big part of this universe, like in any future books? Yeah, um, I won't give anything away, yeah. but um, I like the, I don't know if you read the little author note, like the next book is going to be like Malaika's story. Right. Um so that'll be she'll she's going to be the main character of that book and all of the side characters including oro are going to reappear and be Ooh. featured more <laughs> in future books I'm so but excited. i'm not gonna say no yeah don't spoil that. that. <laughs> that's all we need to know <laughs> yeah. um how many sanity I yeah i know i needed i needed you to say it 
<laughs> How many books will the Elemental Emergence series have? Or do you know? Yeah, I don't know for sure. I know there's going to be at least three because I have like the second book is like mostly written. It's in like it's in its like chunky, like very <laughs> rough stage, not ready for human eyes, but like it's it exists. Mm -hmm. And then the third book is like uh, also very loosely sort of written, but not. It's hard to describe. It's like the very first draft, like, yeah. um, you know, of which there'll be like 10 drafts. But um, and then after that, but I also want to do like, I also need to do some series plotting. Like I need to, that's one of my like New Year's plans after this book comes out is to like really sit down and like plot out. Like I know what I want to happen in the series, but I need to like put it into, you know, how many books. So at least three, maybe like five <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it could be five. Maybe yeah. 12. I don't know. Who's to say? Yeah. <laughs> a time will tell. Yeah, That's exactly. how it goes, though. Which is all good. The more the merrier. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, what are you like the most excited about for the release of your book? Yeah, I think that would be because this is like my first like trad pub release. Um, and like it's, there's like, you know, like I, the idea of going to like Target and seeing my book in the store is like so exciting to me. Like I live in Canada, we don't have Target, but I'm literally going to like <laughs> go on like a road trip to like go to Target and like look oh at it. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know. I actually don't know for sure with what bookstores it'll be in in Canada, but I'll go to those ones too. Like, you know, like that's, I'm like really excited for that. Like going and sign some books. Ooh. Yeah. You know, you see those videos, they're like, I sneakily signed my book. I'm like, yes. oh. That'd be so cool. Like, how special would you feel if you're that person that picked it up and, like, there's an author's signature in there? I would die. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Um, what do you think you're, like, most nervous for? Probably, like, the same thing, but, like, the flip side <laughs> yeah. of that, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, the fact that, like, my indie releases have been, like, our small, tight-knit, like, community and, like, um, and actually I'm really glad that I have those out and I have that experience because like now on this like much bigger scale it's like I'm a little bit prepared for that kind of like I have my shields and I'm like um but yeah so it's just like the fact that it's like so much wider of a scope like like there are people will read the book who don't really read romance and might be like what the hell yeah. <laughs> could happen if we're if we're looking at you know we don't we just talked about how they don't often carry a lot of romance books in major bookstores yeah. and like that's slowly changing and people are getting like open to the genre more but it's still kind of like cutting edge so like if you know to be one of the people who's who's like on that like sort of front it's like you're you're opening yourself to people that are maybe like you know not into that or repressed yeah. or like For you sure. know might be but like these types of books don't belong in bookstores and yeah you get <laughs> yeah oh. just like oh my god the sex or like whatever <laughs> the, yeah and it's so funny because again it's such a like it seems to be such an issue for people to believe that exists in books and yet they'll watch things like game of thrones like again not to throw game of thrones under the bus because uh, amazing books, it's a great amazing show. show yeah but like i just i think if it's not mainstream directed for a or towards a m largely male audience it's going to get judged for silly reasons and it's totally 
like it's like just automatically criticized like or like the way that they don't quite know how to market like you know like like sarah j moss books are in the ya section and you're yeah like, why it's like well yeah. it was really probably shouldn't we've be. talked about that before <laughs> <No>. on the podcast <laughs> what are we doing and then if you go to the fantasy section it's like male authors like mm-hmm. male authors mm-hmm. and then you go to the like yeah like YA section and you're looking at like spicy adult romance it's, books and you're like, yeah, why? Else, like yeah it's just because they're written by a women they're like must be for kids like yeah women can't write for adults like <laughs> what are you doing that is there was a, um a store that opened I think it was in I think it's in New York. It's called the Rip Bodice. And like they're catering like specifically to like romance readers. So they have romance of every like genre, any anything that you could possibly want. And I think stuff like that is so, so cool. I love um, that. Yes. And it's just, you know, women owned. It's it's very supportive of all types of communities. And I think, yeah, we definitely need more There's safe one- places like that. That just opened in Kansas City, Missouri as well. Oh, okay. Just just romance. So we'll have to, and that's where, that's where we're from. I'm excited. Oh, that's cool. I'm jealous. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anything like that here. Yeah. Well, I think it's like slowly, you know, people are finally realizing that there's a market for this and they will be successful because women are passionate and uh, supportive of the things that they love. I know. I love that. Like we in this community, like, like I was a musician. I still am, but like before I got into this and like in the music world, there's, there's this kind of like competitive vibe. Like people are, it's almost like they're like, you're going to steal my success or like, so if you're like, Oh, I'm trying to book a tour. Like you guys booked a tour to this place. Like, can you put me in touch with your like booker or your manager? People would be like, Oh they're not, you know, like, they're not taking you people. Like, you know, you're, you're kind of like, yeah. Really, like, yeah. But like, I've never once felt that when I came into this community, it was like, when I first started publishing, I like messaged a few like authors that I followed and like one author, like she like did a video tour of like all of her like things and like sent me and she's like, this is the glossy version. This is the matte version of the books. And like, this is this, and here's how I do my sales. Like, and like, I was like so blown away by how much like support. Wow. That's I got amazing. from people and I was like, I love it. <laughs> like I've never yeah. experienced this. It was so touching. Yes. Absolutely. That's really like heartening for all the people who do want to publish books and to know that they're going to have supportive mentors who totally have, have been through it already. Yeah. And like yeah. people gave me so much support when I was starting out that now, like if anyone messages me, I'm like, I'll do the same for them because it, like that meant so much to me, like when I was starting out and I was super nervous and like, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And like, you know, it's like, and I still talk to those authors, you know, today and now we're more like peers because we're both, you know, successful. And it's like pretty cool. There was no feeling of like, you're not welcome or like, yeah, yeah. that's amazing. And I'm not yeah. surprised. Honestly, yeah, that's so hard <laughs> to know. It's it's a safe space both for authors and for like the readers themselves to mm-hmm. be able to you know express themselves in any way, and they're always going to get that support that they need or um, some direction that they need for what whatever way they're going. Totally. So that kind of wraps everything up. But we do want to know what do you have going on right now? Are you working on anything new or uh, really just kind of preparing for the release? Yeah, right now I'm actually writing the last book in my indie series, like book six. And it's like, it's kind of like, um, you guys haven't read those books, but it's like the one, it's like about the character that like everyone loves. 
Ooh. So like I've been working on that, like, and I'm like trying to not feel the pressure, but there is a bit of pressure. Um, sure. And yes, yeah, so I'm working on that plus like getting ready for this release. So I'm trying to kind of just be like, just write when you can and just like be casual. Um, and then I also know that like in the new year, at some point, I'm going to be <laughs> diving into book two of this series, the elemental series. Um, like which, cause it's like, it's written and it's been like very roughly like, like gone over. So I need, I know there's a lot more to do on that. That's coming up soon. <laughs> yeah. That's so exciting. That We're is. so excited to read the second book. Yeah. And honestly, I'm, uh, you know, we haven't read your, your indie series yet, but just knowing that there's already so many published and we don't have to wait for them to be released <laughs> is exciting to me. Go ahead and bump that up to the top. <laughs> yeah, you guys are lucky. You've got five, five books there. I already, know. So. That's the I'm great thing about patient. discovering a series after it's already been completed. I know. Or, or mostly completed. <laughs> Um, I feel bad because my my people that have been following like the book five came out in June and like the other books I somehow managed to get them out like four months apart oh wow I don't know how I did that but this <laughs> one I was like I can't I can't, like I can't sustain that so this one it's been yeah since June and I'm still <laughs> writing it so I'm like sorry like <laughs> oh like, it'll make it so much more worth it when they actually get to yeah. read it yeah I'd yeah, way rather yeah. an author like take their time on a book than yes. just kind of like <laughs> churn stuff out and it's not like the caliber it could have been totally Absolutely. and we're not machines like yeah that was like I think the reason this book is taking me longer is because I had a little bit of like a creative burnout like yeah. after releasing five books four months apart I was like okay <laughs> I need to <laughs> slow take down. a break like, that is very yeah. valid that makes sense yeah. to me um yeah I mean Obviously, I'm so excited to read everything you published in the future. And best of luck with everything with your Thank first you. traditional yes. publishing. We're going to be covering it when it comes out on the podcast. So we're super, super excited to share it with the rest of our listeners. And Thank um, you. I can't wait. So again, best of luck and have a wonderful winter holiday season. Thank you. You guys yes. as well. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of Absolutely. Course. Aurora's new book, Sanctuary of the Shadow, will be out on January 9th of this year, and we will also be discussing this book on the podcast on February 5th. Yeah, so everyone will have, you know, time to get their their reading done, and we'll be discussing it like normal. Uh, but as far as, you know, in the meantime, next week, we will be discussing Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. And we're so excited to discuss that one. Um, there's two books out in this series so far. The second one will be Iron Flame. But the week after we discuss Fourth Wing, we're going to do a little mini-sode where we fan cast because we, we haven't done one of those in a while. It's been a minute. And you know we love to fan cast. So we will be doing that. So go ahead, get started on Fourth Wing and Iron Flame. We'll talk to you next time, and as always, let's get lit! <laughs>